Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today Tuesday podcast on the 6th of February, 2024. I'm Andy Eubank, joined by Eric Pfeiffer and C.J. Miller on the news today, including Congressman Baird's push for a new farm bill and the lieutenant governor with a rural broadband update. The Hat Podcast is made possible by First Farmers Bank and Trust. Experience banking built on heart, grit, and agriculture. FFBT.com and get more at your local branch. Stop in anytime. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin is here with the weather too. Continued sunny and starting to get warmer. And the Monday ag markets mixed with gains in only soybeans. Chuck Shelby on the market analysis. Coming up on the Who's Your Ag Today Tuesday podcast. At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting agriculture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. From seed, grain, and feed companies to crop protection, farm implements, and technology, agribusiness is all around us here in Indiana. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. At ACI, our sole focus is on the needs of our members. We advocate, educate, inform, and we invite you to join us in our mission. Visit our website, inagribiz.org, to become a member. That's inagribiz.org. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. Congressman Jim Baird on the push to introduce a new farm bill. Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch on the status of rural broadband expansion. I'm C.J. Miller, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. It's been more than four months since Congress voted to extend the previous farm bill by one year, but your lawmakers in Washington have yet to introduce a new farm bill. During the Purdue Ag Alumni Fish Fry last Saturday in Lafayette, I spoke with Indiana's 4th District Congressman Jim Baird, who serves on the House Ag Committee, and Baird told me that he and other lawmakers on the committee are pushing to introduce a new farm bill over the next few months. We have assurances from our speaker, our new speaker, and I like him, uh, Mike Johnson, and, uh, and then the chairman of the Ag Committee, G.T. Thompson, that we're really shoving for that March date. And so we recognize how important it is particularly the crop insurance and uh, conservation practices. There's several of us on the committee that understand, so we're going to work toward that. Whether that new farm bill is going to include additional funding for ag research for land-grant universities such as Purdue, Baird emphatically said, Yes, and you know, I'm chairman of the subcommittee on conservation research and technology, and so I'm going to be uh, definitely pushing for more research dollars And the other thing is that for us to stay competitive around the world and against some of our adversaries like the Chinese Communist Party, we need that research. So definitely research is the important part. A few weeks ago, six House Republicans wrote a letter to the House Ag Chairman, all saying they were strongly opposed to raising reference prices in the next farm bill. You know, all of those people are my colleagues, and I know them. Uh, Carol Miller from West Virginia. Alex Mooney from West Virginia, 
And so we just need to talk about it, and I can talk to every one of them. And so I think they need assurances that we're not adding to the overall cost of government. That's a concern for all of us, including me. And so I think they're just expressing that. But my point in that issue is there's a lot of other things like Green New Deal and so on where we could go find dollars to make sure we support the farmers and ranchers uh, with the programs that come out of uh, out of the farm bill. You can hear my full conversation with Congressman Baird during the Purdue Ag Alumni Fish Fry at HoosierAgToday.com. And speaking of the fish fry, Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch was also there and spoke during the event. Our Eric Pfeiffer had the chance to catch up with her. You brought some things up there on stage one, the partnership with Purdue on trying to get this broadband thing moving forward. I know that there's been tremendous efforts uh, from the governor, from yourself, in moving broadband efforts forward in the state. Where do we stand currently? Well, we have to date awarded $249 million of state money. And when that is fully deployed, that will connect 75,000 Hoosier families and businesses. But we also are preparing for that $868 million of federal money that is going to be coming to the state this year. So we are finalizing our strategic plan on how we're going to deploy that money and how we're going to deploy broadband with those funds throughout Indiana. And when we submit that to the federal government, then we'll be receiving money it will be a priority until we get every Hoosier connected to the last mile. And that's Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch chatting with Hoosier Ag Today's Eric Pfeiffer. You can hear more of their conversation from the Purdue Ag Alumni Fish Fry at HoosierAgToday.com and on the new Hoosier Ag Today mobile app, a free download for iPhone and Android. I'm C.J. Miller, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Farm Credit Mid-America believes that your crop insurance should be maximized to address what's important to you. With their data-optimized decision tool, you can build a policy custom-fit to your operation's goals. Using your past production data, their tool, which they have exclusive access to in their territory, maps out future events, helping you choose the perfect policy time, coverage level, and options for you, all guided by their crop insurance agents. To learn more, visit fcma.com slash crop insurance. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity provider. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's a Memorial Day weekend. Going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. We'll talk about home heat. <laughs> <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We're we not- want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Act Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. Beautiful weather continues over the region here. Now we may still end up with some fogginess here and there in the morning or at least a low cloud deck for a bit. But sunshine's been doing a pretty decent job of working its way through and it looks like it's going to do the same over the next couple of days here. Clouds will start to build a little bit more as we move into Thursday, and that's ahead of our next frontal boundary that shows up on Friday. Before we talk about that front, let's talk about temperatures leading up to it. I think we see a few degrees added each day to our temperature profile. Once you get into that Thursday-Friday time frame, we're going to be looking at highs near the 50s or even solidly in the 50s, depending on where you are at across the state. Some 60s are possible as well, so very mild for this time of year. The frontal boundary that comes through brings a little bit of moisture. On Friday, I'm looking at just some hit and miss scattered showers, 
I'm looking at anywhere from a few hundreds to a half an inch maximum. Coverage will end up being about 60% of the state. Really looks to me like the best moisture is going to be farther north in Michigan and then farther east, southeast in southern Ohio, maybe a bit in southeast Indiana and then eastern Kentucky. So that's the way it looks right now. We keep the warm air around through Friday before the temperatures fall off behind the front. And then over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, we're much cooler. I think we see a mix of clouds and sunshine for the weekend. More clouds farther north, especially get up into Michigan. That's where clouds are going to dominate. But I do think the cooler air allows for more clouds to be here. We look for a mix of clouds and sunshine the first part of next week as well. Slight clipper system Tuesday night into Wednesday may bring some flurries, some sloppy wet snowflakes, but I don't think it's a big deal right now. The cool air, though, is going to stay all the way through next week. I want to be clear. These are temperatures that are pretty seasonal. We're right near where we should be for this time of year. It's just after this very warm surge that we're going to deal with through most of this week those cool temperatures will feel much, much colder. That's a look at your forecast update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. Mixed markets to open up the new week. This is Hoosier Ag Today. I'm Andy Eubank with the Monday Farm Market Review and Settlements on the way. First, though, market analysis, which I grabbed at the end of the trading day from Chuck Shelby at Risk Management Commodities. Chuck, higher corn and beans, actually corn working about steady throughout the trading session. Wheat, though, traded lower. We'll get to that in a moment. First of all, soybeans, the entire soy sector, oil, meal, and beans higher. And one good note early Monday morning was the export inspections report. I believe maybe a 10-week high and better than expectations. We haven't been talking in that manner about soy export inspections for some time. Yeah, it was quite a turnaround because beans were uh, pretty weak early and then the report came out. We've been looking for demand. Uh, you go back into the end of uh, 23 and we saw a lot of you know, flash sales of Chinese imports. And so today it was nice to see something good in the beans, turned them around. Uh, the corn uh, kind of followed along. Uh, we made some lows early in the day and recovered. So nice to see soybeans lead the way uh, back above that $12 mark in my July and August contract. So that's important to close above there today. And that happened even with, I believe, some pretty good rains over the weekend in South America and pretty wet forecast, too. Yeah, I think uh, looking forward, it, it seems like Argentina will probably go back to rain, but the longer-term forecast seems like Brazil could go back to the drier and hotter side. So that might speed up the bean harvest but impact that second crop, safrina corn. That corn able to stand in and not really lose any ground despite a strong dollar index. But the very strong dollar did take a toll, it seems, on the wheat market, down over a dime. Yeah, the uh, wheat is certainly suffering from a higher dollar, and, and I think it also impacts our corn and soybean market. But, uh, you know, the dollar has uh, turned around since the beginning of the year and, and is on a, a pretty sharp uh, incline. So it would be nice to see that fall back. That certainly is an impact of impacting factor on our markets any thoughts about uh we'll take them one at a time corn then soybeans as far as where the markets stand and you did mention the 12 dollar mark the uh, front month contract march not quite there but deferreds like may and july over 12 dollars. we've lost a lot of ground though what do you feel about the soybean market as it stands now well i think we factor in a lot of you know negative news there 
And, and I think going forward, if we can build on this next week with these exports, and the funds are pretty heavily short on the bean market too. So uh, technically closing back above here is a positive, uh, but I think we're going to need to see another week or so of good exports. We do have USDA's uh, report on Thursday. Uh, all eyes will be watching how much lower they bring down that Brazilian bean crop. So if they came down enough on Thursday, that could be another positive factor that might trigger the funds to take some positions off. And corn futures, just as they traded on Monday, really going nowhere. Yeah, I think the uh, the most positive thing in the long run, you can say the funds are extremely short for this time of year. We know they always eventually you know, flip out of positions, but uh, farmers are sitting with a lot of unpriced old crop inventory. The market knows that. So if we get too big of a rally going here, I think you're going to meet a lot of resistance with farmers selling. But so far, we're just treading water over in the corn market. And as we look at trade the rest of the week, what factors will the markets be keying on? Of course, there is a USDA report uh, coming soon. Yeah, I think that's uh, the biggest event coming up this week. And again, all eyes will be watching for South American production. I think it's going to be lowered, but it would be nice to see USDA catch up with a lot of private estimates, which are much lower than USDA currently. Chuck Shelby at Risk Management Commodities, and the number there is 866-837-9027. On the Hat Monday Farm Market Review, a flat corn market, March 442 and three quarters, unchanged. May down a quarter, 453 and a quarter. In July, down a half cent, 462. Beans up seven and three quarters for the March at 11.96 and a quarter, and May 12.04 and three quarters up six and a half cents. March wheat 5.90 and a quarter down nine and a half. The meats also lower. April live cattle 182.35 down a dollar 40. April lean hogs 82.20 down 162. I'm Andy Eubank with the Monday Market Review. This is Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's leading farm network.